What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. Welcome to Pretty Dece, your weekly show about movies, comics, games, and all the pop culture in between. This is Pretty Dece Season 2, Episode 2, for the week of September 16th, 2019. And if you missed last week's episode, uh, Season 2, Episode 1, uh, Pretty Dece has gone weekly, and, and I did get pretty good positive reactions to last week's episode, and to the idea of a weekly show, basically the same thing that you've been getting from Pretty Dece, just in a weekly format instead of multiple times throughout the week. Uh, so we will continue with this format. I still would like feedback from you. If you have it, send that my way on social media at Pretty Dece Show. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty excited about this new format. It's, it's a bit more flexible. It gives me some more time to do cool stuff. And this week has been pretty video game filled for me. My wife and I are still uh, really enjoying Slay the Spire. It's a game that we keep coming back to over and over again. And we've been getting into the daily climbs on Slay the Spire. Uh, most recently, we did one where uh, essentially you drafted your deck at the start of the game. So if you don't know, Slay the Spire is a uh, essentially a deck-building roguelike. So you beat bosses. And as you beat enemies and bosses, you unlock new cards and, and kind of increase your deck as you go. And it, it's a card game as you play the game. Uh, so normally you start with kind of a basic deck and improve it as you go. This Daily Climb let you uh, sort of start with, with a drafted deck at the beginning. So you start with a bit more of a refined deck as you go. That was really, really fun. Uh, and then the game has these things called relics, which are... Uh, abilities that, that grant you various changes to the gameplay. Um, uh, fun little bonuses that you can unlock along the way. And you typically get these for beating elite enemies. Enemies that are a bit tougher to beat will unlock this kind of added bonus that gives you this ability in the form of a relic. Well, this one daily climb that we just played, basically you got relics after defeating every enemy, not just elite enemies, so by the time you were at the end of the game, there was just so much going on with all the various abilities that were firing and triggering and dealing extra damage and giving you extra cards uh, that it was absolutely insane and incredibly, incredibly fun. Uh, so thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying Slay the Spire and really looking forward to the, uh, the new character class that's coming out for Slay the Spire. It's in the beta on the PC right now. So we are anxiously awaiting that coming out for the Switch version. Also in video games, Borderlands 3 came out this week. I've started playing that, uh, played a little bit of that with a friend of mine on release day this past Friday. And uh, the game's really good. You know, it's getting uh, somewhat mixed reviews, I think, as far as uh, the industry reviewing this game. And really, I think the divide on the reviews go... Whether you are okay with the game just being more Borderlands. It is it is very much just more Borderlands. And for me, that's a really good thing. Borderlands 2 is a really, really fantastic game. And this is just that. You have new, better guns. The, the story is kind of in that exact same vein of like, kind of like internet humor and very childish humor type stuff. But uh, I, I still find it pretty funny. Um, the... The new character classes and stuff are not going to light the world on fire, but they're very interesting and very well done. Um, so it is everything that was good about Borderlands 2 
kind of just turned up a little bit. They kind of improved little things here and there, but didn't reinvent the wheel. And I think some people came in wanting a game vastly different. They wanted a game that had uh, added a ton of stuff, became maybe more like massively multiplayer, or maybe even a game like more akin to Destiny than Borderlands 2. That's not really what I wanted going into Borderlands 3, so I, I'm kind of happy that it is uh, kind of just more Borderlands. But I think that's that seems to be the divide from what I'm reading online. But I'm certainly enjoying my time with it. And then, of course, from there, our household has also become obsessed with a game that we discovered on iOS. Uh, it's Konami's Pixel Puzzle Collection. This is a game that is free, not just free to play where you have to, you know, spend a bunch of money in microtransactions to unlock new features of the game. Actually free. You can't actually spend any money in this game. Uh, It's got some ads for upcoming Konami games, but they're not very obtrusive or anything like that. Uh, But it is a Picross game. So if you've ever heard of Picross, maybe on your DS it is a puzzle game, and it's it's a, a puzzle game kind of akin to Sudoku, um, and you're essentially uh, forming a grid of squares that eventually form a picture, and this one is all based on Konami games and characters, and you can just continually play Picross, and it is, it's really, really nice that it is a an, an actual free game that you don't have to put any money into, you don't have to earn any energy, you don't have to do anything along those lines. It's just a simple, nice, relaxing puzzle game with with really great music behind it and uh, and cute visuals and pretty good controls for a puzzle game where you're just tapping squares. Uh, highly recommended. It's been out for a little while. Uh, tons and tons of puzzles. I have just barely scratched the surface. Uh, Konami's Pixel Puzzle Collection, definitely recommended. Go check that out. So that's a bit of a, just kind of a rundown of what I've been doing this past week. So without further ado, let's jump into the news of the week. Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. Our first piece of news this week is that Billy Mitchell, the, the former Donkey Kong and Pac-Man high score champion... Uh, who was featured prominently in the 2007 uh, documentary The King of Kong, is threatening legal action against Twin Galaxies and the Guinness Book of World Records uh, because of his uh, 2018 uh, essentially banning from Twin Galaxies. So Twin Galaxies is the governing body surrounding video game high scores. So if you want to set a world record, a high score in a video game, it has to be done through Twin Galaxies. And Twin Galaxies uh, is essentially used by the Guinness Book of World Records as the kind of handlers of all of the video game scores. So setting a record with Twin Galaxies also means you set it with the Guinness Book of World Records. Now, Billy Mitchell is is a uh, long-standing high score holder in in several games, Donkey Kong and Pac-Man most notably, and has kind of dominated the high score charts for Donkey Kong. He has a a perfect quote unquote score in Pac-Man, of course, uh, in his in his past history as well. And in the film The King of Kong, Billy Mitchell was kind of painted as the 
uh, a weird, domineering bad guy of the movie against the everyman Steve Weeby, who was looking to kind of unseat Billy Mitchell atop the the top of the high score chart. Now, after that film, years afterwards in 2018, um, Twin Galaxy started investigating the legitimacy of Billy Mitchell's scores in Donkey Kong, in, in two specific instances of him submitting a run uh, for a high score attempt. And what they found, essentially, was that his video of his playthroughs and what they saw on the screen was more indicative of something you would see from a an emulator rather than authentic arcade hardware. Now, that's obviously a problem when you're trying to do something like setting a high score. Uh, because an emulator might not run exactly the same way as the actual arcade hardware. Um, that's kind of the the most innocent way things could be different. The, the emulator inadvertently makes the game easier on you than it would if you were playing on real hardware. Now, the more nefarious problems are, of course, that when you're running on an emulator, you can also modify portions of the game to make things easier on you and to make it easier for you to set a high score. Maybe you adjust the difficulty. Maybe you have the game play itself a little bit while you're just pretending to play, kind of at the at the complete far end of, of how bad this could go. Um, so that's essentially what they found, was that whether he was attempting to cheat or not, Billy Mitchell had been using MAME, a multiple arcade machine emulator, to play Donkey Kong instead of official Donkey Kong hardware. They did this investigation, it went months essentially, and, and what they found was that, yes, he was using this emulator. So they threw out all of Billy Mitchell's scores, not just for the, the, the two particular runs that he found he was found to have been using MAME, but every score that he had ever set. They essentially wiped him out of the record for high score games. Now, however, uh, Billy Mitchell and his attorneys have issued a letter to Twin Galaxies and to the Guinness Book of World Records saying basically that this act of wiping Billy Mitchell out of the record books has defamed Mitchell. Uh, and, and in this doing so, of course, they threw out uh, that perfect Pac-Man score that I mentioned earlier. And Mitchell and his attorneys say that that in doing so, they're implying that that score was tainted too, that it wasn't just the Donkey Kong scores that they investigated. So they they say that the uh, in, in addition, Twin Galaxies did not provide Billy Mitchell fair opportunity to provide evidence to prove his innocence, and that specific evidence was accepted, while evidence of equal stature was rejected, whatever they mean by that. Um, they've sent a 156-page package of counterclaims, signed statements, and other materials, uh, basically presenting Billy Mitchell's side of the case. He's asking for uh, a retraction of his scores being removed and him being wiped out of Twin Galaxies records, or, quote, we will resort to legal recourse. Mitchell is, is claiming or demanding Rather, that Guinness conduct its own investigation using Mitchell's evidence package, and that Guinness, quote, hiding behind its partnership with Twin Galaxies will be perceived as a refusal of this retraction request. So, Billy Mitchell, you know, we hadn't really heard much from him, at least publicly, since his scores were wiped out. 
clearly this is what he's been working on is suing twin galaxies or, or building up to sue twin galaxies about this. Um, now, personally, I think this makes perfect sense, right? If you are found to be a cheater, um, that calls into question every single thing you've done in this field. It doesn't matter what game. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that Billy Mitchell is indeed very talented at video games, but Twin Galaxies operates on a, a strict set of rules and guidelines, and in at least two cases, he very clearly and very deliberately uh, kind of bypassed those rules and, and sought to mislead Twin Galaxies for his own gain, for setting the high score in Donkey Kong. So, you know, we, we as the, the gaming public, and Twin Galaxies as the governing body, can't take the time to go through and, and you know, spend two months analyzing every single other of his scores. He was proven to be a cheater in two cases. Wipe them all out. I think that that makes perfect sense. And the fact that it defamed Billy Mitchell, yes, that's that's the point. Uh, if you get if you get uh, your record wiped out from a high score competition because of cheating, that comes with a little bit of of defamation, kind of intended. Maybe you shouldn't have cheated in the first place, Billy Mitchell. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I don't think that there's much legs to stand on. Uh, it seems pretty standard. You know, if you if you cheated in an, in a magic tournament, you would potentially have your entire magic history wiped out. Any any time that you won a tournament would be called into question because maybe you didn't cheat. Maybe you did and you just didn't get caught. That's the whole point of cheating. That was the whole point of kind of erasing him from all of these things. So who knows? You know, he might be able to strong arm Guinness and Twin Galaxies into a change, but hopefully not. And uh, it's good to know that, that you know, over 10 years later, past the King of Kong, Billy Mitchell is continuing to live up to his, his evil supervillain persona. Discord's Nitro subscription service is undergoing some changes that are removing some features. Uh, so Nitro's game library is being shut down essentially due to lack of use. Nitro is Discord's, uh, as I said, subscription service that gives you a bunch of bonus features surrounding the chat application. So Discord is a completely free service to use. You can create servers, join servers, talk to your friends, uh, voice chat, send files, all that fun stuff is completely free in Discord. But Discord rolled out this Nitro service uh, about a year ago is when they kind of revamped the service and introduced all of its current offerings. And Nitro brings a lot to the table for Discord that not everyone would really want. So Nitro is $100 a year, or you can pay 10 bucks a month for it. One of the, the biggest offerings for Discord Nitro, I would imagine for a lot of people that signed up, was the game library. They let you play some games for free. And it worked a lot like some of these other platforms where you pay a monthly fee and can pay, play games like Game Pass for the Xbox. Basically, there were some games like Battle Chef Brigade, Risk of Rain, System Shock, Inside, lots more that you could play while you were a Nitro subscriber. That's going away. So so Discord essentially said that, that we 
learned a lot from from people using the Nitro service. And, you know, the games were popular, but but not enough Nitro subscribers played them. They might have thought they would when they signed up and then just didn't get around to ever really touching them. Or, at least in Discord's thoughts, maybe that's not why people were signing up to Nitro in the first place. They wanted the other features of Nitro. And the games were kind of superfluous. So, Discord, at least, I think is thinking, why spend money on these games if no one cares to play them. So Discord's Nitro service, when you take away the games, leaves some other features that, again, I don't think that a ton of people are going to be the most into, especially for 10 bucks a month. It lets you customize your Discord tag. That's the little set of numbers outside your Discord name that most people don't even know exist. It gives you higher quality screen sharing, so you go from 720p to 1080p. Uh, it gives you animated GIFs for your avatars and your emojis. Um, it lets you go live to a server at a slightly higher quality. It increases your upload limit. You can upload larger files. So uh, I think right now it's capped to like 8 megabytes. You can get up to 100 megabytes. And then it lets you do something called server boosting. And server boosting is maybe the weirdest feature. Basically, you are... Uh, throwing a boost to a server that you are a part of that unlocks features for that server. The more people that boost it, the more features that you get. These are things like emoji slots or increased audio quality for that server for its voice channels. It takes a lot of people boosting a server to really get past level 2 or 3 for, for these server boosts to matter. So again, it's a lot of like very specific things to Discord power users that really you know, add value to this Nitro service. The game portion of it was, was kind of an attempt to make it applicable to a more broader audience. Maybe you don't need to be a power user that uploads uh, you know, 50 megabyte files to Discord or really cares about you know, 720p video versus 1080 but you like playing games, so that was a reason to sign up for Nitro. But again, Discord has found that that hasn't really been the case. People have not been flocking to the service to play these games, so they're doing away with it. And uh, October 15th will be the, the, the point where the Nitro games catalog is removed from subscribers. If you are a current subscriber to Nitro, and this is a deal breaker for you, you can cancel your current subscription and be offered a refund if you contact Discord. Moving forward, Discord says that they are going to create more features, fun, and enhancements for Discord Nitro users, but unfortunately, they don't really explain what those things are. And even more unfortunately, I think for a lot of people, the Nitro subscription service price will not change. So it's going to stay 10 bucks a month, uh, and the only consolation that they're giving people is they're increasing the file upload size to 100, where it was 50 before. So, it, you know, it's, it's one thing to say people aren't playing these games. I get that. There are lots of places to get games these days. And there are lots of services just like this where you can pay a monthly fee and play accessible games. And things like Game Pass are incredible competition to something like the Discord Nitro game library. That's all great. And I'm fine with that not being included with these boosts to Discord. But not dropping the price when you take away this huge feature 
I think is really going to rub some people the wrong way. And at least personally for me, if Discord Nitro was was cheaper, if it was only like two bucks a month or three bucks a month, I would consider I would consider tossing that money that direction, having that you know increased video quality, being able to do uh, a custom uh, animated avatars. That's fun. I think that's cool, and I would I would be willing to toss a few bucks at that. But but ten mu- ten bucks the same price as as a streaming service or something along those lines is just really too much, I think, for the average person when you don't get any additional benefit from it. So we'll see if Discord, you know, can come up with new features and fun enhancements that that will justify that 10 bucks a month. But I think for right now, at least, it's a pretty hard sell when these games are missing. For the next piece of news this week, I honestly can't believe that it took this long, but MoviePass has officially shut down. Uh, it shut down on September 14th, and it is gone. MoviePass is no longer a thing. Uh, we've talked about MoviePass several times over the last year or so of Pretty Dece. Basically, what MoviePass was was a great idea in concept and a horrible idea in execution. MoviePass was a movie subscription service, essentially. They asked you to pay 10 bucks a month up front, and you got to go see as many movies as you wanted over the course of the month. Um, that's a super great deal that in most cases paid for itself in two trips to the movie theater. So if you were a movie aficionado uh, and you were going to see a movie every single weekend, MoviePass was kind of a no-brainer in concept. Um, you, you paid your 10 bucks, boom, you were in, you were seeing all of the films. However, MoviePass went through some real, real problems. Um, it it lost a ton of money. So, you know, they they lost somewhere around $40 million in May of 2018. And because they were hemorrhaging money, they were desperately trying to find a way to increase their revenue and to make money. And there were tons of really, really crazy reports as MoviePass slowly died that they were... Uh, doing things like deactivating users' accounts um, or just essentially making it impossible to see movies under MoviePass. Weird, crazy stuff like you would show up at the theater and you wouldn't be able to actually buy your movie ticket like you would have expected. Um, There were blackout dates that they added for movies that they didn't really fully explain or tell you how it was working. And it, it became seemingly an incredible hassle to see movies through MoviePass. And then as MoviePass again was slowly, slowly dying, they they switched up the offering so it became, instead of unlimited movies a month, you got to only see three movies a month, which is much, much worse. Uh, the, the price increased from 10 bucks a month to about 15 And as I said, they really, really limited the choice of movies because they just certainly couldn't afford to pay for all of those movies. And... Uh, in in March, MoviePass tried to bring back unlimited movies uh, for ten bucks a month, but you had to pay for the full year up front. And of course, at that at that point, the service was uh, very very clearly on its last legs. So, giving a company like MoviePass a full year's worth of subscription costs did not seem like a really bright thing to do. Now, along the way, in MoviePass being being horribly mismanaged. Other movie subscription programs popped up, most notably AMC, 
released their own called Stubbs A-List and really is a much better implementation of something like MoviePass. MoviePass has been really, really, as, as I was saying, fraught with these issues kind of throughout its history and now finally has uh, has given up the ghost and is officially, officially shut down. So, you know, pour one out for MoviePass. It's certainly been a fun ride watching all of the insane kind of bait-and-switch tactics that they pull on their users and all of the terrible, terrible things that MoviePass has done. But in theory, it was a really, really cool idea that I am glad to see that, that companies like AMC are implementing in a much more reasonable, uh, profitable fashion. Next up in news, J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Production Company has uh, has struck a deal with Warner Media that is allegedly worth over five hundred million dollars. That will have the production company produce uh, television shows, movies, and games, and other digital services exclusively for Warner Media. The service runs through twenty twenty four, and uh, I, I think that this is a really huge deal. Bad Robot has done some really impressive things from TV shows like Alias and Lost to movies like Star Trek, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, uh, a little movie called Star Wars The Force Awakens, and uh, the upcoming uh, Rise of Skywalker as well. And, you know, um, Bad Robot has been searching apparently for a media partnership like this for, uh, for a while now. And they found it here with Warner. What this means is that we'll see all kinds of of, uh, products produced from Bad Robot that will show up in in Warner-based media uh, services. So so things like the upcoming HBO Max streaming service. Bad Robot will finish their existing commitments like Rise of Skywalker, but then will go exclusively with Warner. Uh, and again, I think that this is a huge, huge deal because, uh, you know, Warner Media locking up something like this is potentially going to be massive for HBO Max and uh, a real good feather in the cap for their streaming services if Bad Robot is able to produce hits like they have in the past. And I think that's probably kind of not going to be an issue. So as the streaming wars continue to rage, we are uh, picking teams in the same way you would dodgeball in high school, and Bad Robot has chosen the Warner Media team. So as a consumer, things continue to get more and more splintered, and if you are a J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot fan, uh, you certainly know where your money will probably end up going through 2024. GameStop continues to have financial woes and uh, is expecting to close 200 stores over the course of the next year. Uh, This is after another quarter where they are down double digits, 14.3% down in sales. Uh, Again, another massive loss for this company that really has struggled to find its footing in in selling video games in a world that is increasingly dominated by both Amazon and digital game sales. GameStop has attempted to kind of transition its business into selling merchandise. If you go into your average GameStop nowadays, they are dominated by trying to sell you Funko Pops and uh, 
all other various tchotchkes surrounding the games that you play. But it seems to maybe not be working all that well. Again, a loss of 14.3%. Now, GameStop does uh, attribute some of this decline and slump, if you will, to just general kind of end of console generation uh, uh, slumping. That they're they're saying that the industry is down overall because games. There's not big, huge, crazy games coming out. People are kind of just bored waiting for the next consoles coming out, which should be out, you know, within the next year. We should be hearing more about the next PlayStation and Xbox consoles uh, very, very soon. Nonetheless, you know, as we go forward in console generations, uh, we are only going to go further into the digital distribution uh, lifestyle. More and more people are going to be buying games digitally versus physically, And if you go on your Xbox or go on your PlayStation and buy a game, that cuts GameStop out completely. There's no reason to go to your local mall, go to your local strip mall, go into the GameStop and buy something from them when you can get it on your your device right there at home. Now, I love owning physical media. I love having the physical game in my hand. I like like having something that I can put on my shelf and, and browse through and go back to. And I like not being tied to a digital distribution service that at any point can go down and I can no longer fetch my downloads. I I like when things aren't quite that ephemeral. But for general people that are just wanting to play the latest Madden, the the concept of digital distribution is something they're increasingly more and more comfortable with because they're downloading apps on their phone, they're downloading applications on their PC, uh, carrying that over to their gaming console makes perfect sense. They completely understand what that is. And the convenience factor incredibly outweighs any amount that of, uh, of security you might get from owning a physical product. If I don't have to put on pants and go out to the GameStop to get a game, I can just start downloading it from home while I'm sitting on my couch. More and more people are going to continue to do that as that becomes more and more commonplace and easier and easier to do. So GameStop really needed a way to transition their business away from physical media sales, and that's not something that they've been able to accomplish thus far. So they're closing down 200 of their uh, weaker-performing stores, and this is hot on the heels of GameStop, of GameStop laying off more than 100 employees last month, including uh, about half the staff of the Game Informer magazine, which is uh, uh, incredibly telling that they would kind of aim for Game Informer, which is very front-facing, very public as, uh, as their, their layoffs. So things aren't looking good for GameStop, and I think we are unfortunately radically approaching a world in which GameStop no longer exists. And as someone who, you know, my entire life has been going to GameStops and loves going into a gaming store, browsing the shelves, seeing what's out, that's a real bummer, but they unfortunately did not find a way to uh, properly diversify their business and evolve into this world of digital distribution. And for the final piece of news this week, and also the most bizarre, KFC is creating a Colonel Sanders dating sim video game. Yes, that's actually a real thing that's actually happening. Uh, seemingly in the style of like Dream Daddy Simulator, 
KFC, the, of course, fried chicken fast food restaurant, is working on this game wherein Colonel Sanders is a young, hip-looking chef who is attempting to date you, I guess. Uh, the game is called I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good dating simulator, and it uh, it came into our world via a Steam page announcing the game was coming soon. Supposedly, the game will be available for free on Steam on September 24th, so just right around the corner here. Uh, the description of the game says that from the same people who brought you the bucket of chicken comes the world's first Colonel Sanders dating simulator. Uh, the game will put players in control of a, quote, promising culinary student, and uh, that's where you are thrust alongside the young, attractive Colonel Sanders. And you are, of course, looking to not only uh, learn how to cook, but also learn how to love. Uh, Colonel Sanders, uh, it, uh, this seems ridiculous. It, there's there's nine different characters. One of them is a dog who's also a professor. And it is it is bizarre in, in the most incredibly hilarious way. Normally, I'm not down for, like, hashtag brands doing doing weird things. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, like, brands on Twitter trying to act like real people. But this kind of stuff, I can get way into. Uh, you know, this, this required actual work. An actual game development studio made this game. And, uh, and people at KFC... People in charge of money, people in charge of business looked at this game, which clearly is incredibly weird, and said, yes, that's how we want to spend our KFC dollars, and I love that that is a thing that happened. Um, I I really like when, when companies, you know, don't, don't just do the, like, snarky tweet thing, but really go the extra mile to do something just this weird and just this crazy, and it's especially good that it's in a KFC game because KFC historically is the fast food restaurant that's for your grandparents, not really so much for you. So I guess good on KFC for trying to reach this new audience of young gamers and also good on KFC for like thinking outside the the box or the, the, the bucket, if you will. Um, this hopefully is in the same weird vein as the Burger King games, of course, that came out on the Xbox 360, or, if you will, the incredibly fantastic Chex Quest, based on Chex Serial, that was a genuinely good game, and at the very least, this game, when it comes out on September 24th, uh, will be some really good stuff for some streamers on Twitch to check out. So, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Pretty Dece. As always, thank you very much for joining me on the show to talk about these things, including I Love Colonel Sanders, a finger-looking-good dating simulator that I hope you all check out, and uh, I will check out as well, and we could talk about our efforts at wooing Colonel Sanders, because yes, this is 2019, and that's that's what happens, I guess, in marketing. I'm very confused as well. If you want to check out all the past episodes of Pretty Dece, head on over to prettydeeshow.com. You can find all of them there, and of course, links to all the socials and to the YouTube channel. Speaking of the YouTube channel, you can find that at youtube.com slash prettydeece, if that is your preferred way to watch the show. 
And finally, hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think about any of these stories today or about this new format of the show in general. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pretty Dece Show.